0: So welcome to the in History podcast, brought to you by the British Society of Sport History in association with the Institute for Historical Research. This week it's my pleasure to talk to Nigel Hancock about the work of the Cricket Society. Hi Nigel.
1: Hi Geoff, great to be here in central London. Thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, Nigel is the chair of the Cricket Society which is a well-regarded member organisation which exists to promote cricket in all its spheres, that is listening, reading, watching and playing. In particular, the Society has published a regular journal and bulletin, Uh, it puts on live meetings with cricketers and the people who write about them, it makes awards, it runs lunches and other events and has its own cricket team. And Nigel's here to talk to us about an exciting new initiative which will bring together the BSSH and the Cricket Society, as well as to talk more generally about the Society and the benefits that it offers its members. I should also offer full disclosure that I was recently brought onto the executive of the society as committee secretary. So this is by no means the first time that Nigel and I have met. Um, so Nigel, how did you come to be chair of the society? That could be a long
1: story, Geoff. Right. <laughs> I, I, I double-checked last night. It was eight years ago now. I was on a longboat. Uh, holiday up in Wales some, somewhere and I missed the committee meeting and they appointed me in my absence <laughs> but of course I had agreed in advance to uh, to join. I joined the Cricket S- Society which was founded in 1945 and I think we'll be coming on to, to, to that. Um, while I was Working in, in London, I, I had a, cr- a career in civil service working for the Home Office and Ministry of Justice and they had meetings uh, up near Green Park and I used to go along after a day's work and, and, and listen. But I, I, I was a lapsed me- me- member, but they were advertising for someone to run a book competition, their book of the year competition. So that was before I became chairman, so I did that a couple of years before, before that. That's uh, quite a prestigious event now that we do in partnership with M- MC- MCC. But um, eight years ago, I joined the Cricket Society chair- as, as, as chairman. So uh, I've been doing it that, that long.
0: Yeah, and the book, uh, the award, is really prestigious. And I'm um, glad to say that one year, a book I was involved with um, was shortlisted. And it was a really nice evening at Lord's where they... Uh, Which book uh, was that? It was a book about South Africa and empire. So empire oh, yes. and cricket. And it was like a multi-authored thing. Um, yes. So I had a very small part in it. Um, but it was great hospitality by the Society and MCC for the awards evening. Have you drawn up a shortlist for this year's award?
1: Yes, and we've uh, we've we've announced it. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, maybe you could give out. And Prashant, Prashant Kidambi is <laughs> on is on the shortlist. I know he's speaking at your conference. That's in, right. Yeah. In yeah. August, and I, I think he's keen to do something with us with us with, with, with us as well. So there are there are several books on six books on the shortlist, including yeah. uh, one by Vic. Vic, Vic, Vic Marks, um, Duncan Hamilton wrote a, a very good who's book. Won about previously, about I think hasn't he, Duncan Hamilton? Yes, he Hamilton? has. Yes. Yeah. He's just done a book about Neville, Neville Cardus, which got a lot of good, good reviews and has won some other yeah. um, um, awards. Um, Chris uh, Christopher Samford, who's a well-known um, biogra- biographist, has also uh, got a, bo- a book up uh, there. Um, and a couple of others. We would normally have had the event by now, mm. but I think it's going to be a, a Zoomed event later in the year. But MCC staff are still furloughed, and not back till September, ah, okay. so it's a, a bit long in the, in the planning. But we'll have it there, and what I'd really like to do is to have a part-real, part-streamed event, perhaps get the um, shortlisted authors there and their and their publishers and a, and a few others, but live live streamers as well. Uh, the one you mentioned earlier, when the South African book, that yeah. was uh, a really good evening. Uh, and I remember they'd come in from South Af- Af- Africa. We'd yeah. had a shortlisted author come in from uh, Australia, from fr- uh, from New York, and it was a, it was a really really good evening. We got a lot of publicity yeah, uh, yeah. Ar- around that, which helps the profile of the cricket society yeah which. it was
0: a really um, special evening that i remembered and you mentioned that the society goes back to 1945 so that means that this is quite a special year for the society it's, uh,
1: yeah i think you can read too much into anniversaries i mean historians look at decades etc why not start in 1923 rather than 1920 and yeah. uh, um, i'm having to rationalize that because of the current public health uh, crisis but yes the cricket society was founded in 1945 just after the war it followed um, correspondence in the Cricketer, the, in the main cricket magazine, which started in about 1921, I think. So it was cricket enthusiasts getting together after after the war. They were mostly statistical at first, and it was called the Society of um, the Society of Cricket Statisticians. Yeah. Um, but it changed its name three years later and became the Cricket Society, and it remains the Cricket Society. It was the first cricket society there are uh, about 30 40 other cricket societies in 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 the UK yeah uh, and others in Australia uh, in Zimbabwe other parts of the world mostly where cricket has been has been played but we're the we're the biggest and the best and the f- <laughs> and the first so we get to celebrate our anniversaries ahead of everybody else but 75, 75 this year, but why not why not, why not celebrate seventy six or or We should celebrate every
0: year that cricket's played, shouldn't we? <laughs> it's, it's a good it's a good good yeah. it's a good excuse. yes. Yeah, of course, it's been a very difficult year for cricket with the lockdown, and similarly for the society, because I know that um, one of the important things for the society is bringing members together for live events. Um, how have you been managing to run those events uh, during the lockdown? Well. It's,
1: it's fortuitous in, in that we don't normally have member meetings during the summer because mm. um, we assume our members are watching cricket yeah. <laughs> uh, li- live. Um, although in recent years we have had uh, days at the cricket and so we are going to have a, a day at uh, uh, the, women's, the women's ODI. Your chairman, mm. your mm. chair, Ralph Nicholson, was leading for us on, on that and, 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 and another one. We have two of these each, each year now. And um, in, in, in Ash's years, last year we had a reception with a film night with David Frith right. um, in South London near Waterloo um, as a reception but also, but also as a film night. So we, so increasingly we have done some summer, summer events. We don't normally have normal I- events where um, we have a speaker and questions etc. Et, et so in a way we've been providing better quality of service to our members because we've just had the second of a series of Zoomed. Uh, meetings. Mm-hmm. Our President John Barclay um, was in conversation with Stephen Chalk, who's a well-known cricket, mm. cricket writer, and that was good. And last Friday, I took the plunge myself and interviewed uh, Vic, Vic Marks, um, okay. and we had uh, over a hundred, hundred there. I keep an eye on those figures because I, I, I don't want to be <laughs> thinking that I'm talking to an empty empty space it's, it's good to know that there's, yeah. a, there's a market for it and what was really interesting was that a third of those because we use the poll polling polling feature a third of those hadn't been to meetings in London and we have other locations in Bath in just street and in the West Midlands at Edgewood mm. so about a third of them don't normally go to a, go to our meetings and there was one guy who um, um, had not been to one meeting for 20 25 years right. I think he would I think he was bedridden ridden. and he'd obviously made his made his day and he was looking forward to the, to the next one so we're encouraged whatever happens with um, practical meetings and one of the things I'm doing this week while I'm in in London is, is going to, to the Union Jack club where we are doing a risk assessment on mm. can we realistically put on on, 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 meet, on meetings is to have a series of Zoom meetings throughout throughout the year, and the next one um, involves Raf yeah. ag- again, who is yeah. interviewing uh, Charlotte Charlotte yeah. Edwards, and we're making that available to a wider wider grouping. As, while we were still experimenting, we kept it just to just to members, although people's friends obviously join in and. Uh, I sent it to you know to one or two people to get the numbers up. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, but this one we're going to advertise more um, across the academic community. Uh, uh, trying to, tr- we're trying to attract more women. We're trying to focus more on women's women's w- women's, women's cricket. Um, I mentioned the day at a women's a- ODI that we the, the, that we'd planned. So that co- that's coming up on the thirteenth of. August and Eventbrite is, is is there for anyone who wants to, <laughs> yeah. to to join, and for anyone who wants to join the cricket society, well, I'll give the website address at the at the end. You'll
0: probably prompt me. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that we've noticed. We ran a BSsh and British Library event on Zoom uh, a little while ago, and. you you get a real global reach with these events and so um i think it's really positive that the cricket society has embraced the technology sometimes cricket can be seen as a fairly conservative organization um, but i can see that the cricket society even since i've joined which is uh, six months or a year ago now that that you're really trying to push forward bring in the women's game give much more coverage to the women's game but also try and reach out to new members and younger membership and things like this. I think it's it's a very positive development.
1: Yeah. An interesting thing we found last week is, is um, people in cricket will always tell Funny stories—they'll get, they'll get, they'll get laughed. If you've muted all your, all your people, they can't actually hear and and respond. And um, I'm a bit ambiguous about the, the the noise that you can choose to have at premiership <laughs> matches and the test the test match yeah, the the noises. But perhaps yeah. we need some some canned <laughs> laughter to encourage our our, our contributors.
0: you think chairs should have a button they can press <laughs> at the appropriate moment? <laughs> it could be interesting.
1: I'm sure we'll develop yeah. the art the art in the course of the next year or or so but i think i think i think it's here to say to stay um our members tend to be um of the older variety some of them and say in central london mm. people are probably quite happy to come to venues but it's the travel yeah travel there yeah. there and there and back that, that troubles uh, a more elderly audience in particular but not just the elderly anybody we all have to take our own decisions on what to do during these unprecedented
0: times yeah it's a very fluid situation isn't it so um, in six months time we could be back where we were in March or we could be liberated and uh, but I think one thing that is here to stay is the use of uh, zoom and similar technologies isn't it to kind of increase the reach of these kinds of meetings
1: yes and the hybrid one where if you can if you can only have 30 people at a meeting but you can live stream it Mm. simultaneously yeah. That's one of the things we're checking this, this week with the Union Union Jack Club. If you can do that, then in a way you're satisfying um, You've most got the best people. Of both well, most, most people. But we did also polled because we weren't sure about the viability of people. It's one thing putting meetings on, real meetings on, it's another getting audience there. But yeah. we think sufficient people would come to central London to justify our resuming meetings when we can even if that's not until next year as may well be the yeah. case
0: well I'll be there <laughs> um, you've, I've heard that you uh, you've written um, some cricket history yourself um, in particular about some cricket crowns uh, what's your yes academic yeah background? yeah well
1: my um my PhD supervisors at De Montfort would uh, oh, okay. smile ruefully r- when you were talking about <laughs> my my writing because they, they likened me to some character in Middlemarch who, who flattered but to deceive in the service of producing <laughs> text. I've got a perfect PhD thesis, ready to be written, but I, right. think I may need another another life. I, I did history and politics at University of Lancaster a, a lifetime yeah. lifetime ago, and I went on to do uh, a master's in Soviet government and politics, I had to learn a bit of, Ru- a, of Russian for, okay. to, to do that. And um, in my working life, I spent a lot of time working in prison, prison, poli- prison policy in, in the Ministry of Justice and earlier the, the, home, the home Office and I did a, um, an MSc at Cambridge in Applied Criminology and Management which wasn't quite as grand as it, as it appears. I think we had to be there for 12 weeks over two years but it's great being a student again. Yeah. Um, I retired 10 years ago now and I was going to do some consultancy work, but I never actually got, got round to that. Then I decided, decided I'm going to follow my sporting interests. I was already heavily involved with the Cricket Society. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll do something academic on, on cricket because cricket, more than any other sport that I'm really aware of, has got a vast, a vast literature. The yeah. length of time you are at cricket. Nurtures nurtures that, and some great great writers yeah. contributed to cricket, to cricket prose. So uh, is my home hometown, and I registered there at De Montfort for a, for a, for a PhD. Pierce Reynolds, your treasurer, yeah. was there at the time. He's he's a lapsed P- uh, PhD yeah. PhD student yeah. as, as well. So I'm in good good company. I think when we talk about partnerships between the cricket society and. Uh, B.S.S.H. So I was interested in the, in, in the cricket crowd, in the cricket crowd, which um, Richard Cashman in Australia, Avogoya mug, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, another works. He, he wrote about Indian cricket crowds and the comparison internationally between different cricket crowds and how they reflect society and culture. I think is is a subject is a subject in itself. No one has really um, academically has has written uh, a thesis or, or a book uh, a big thesis about uh, the history of the English cricket crowd and that's what that, that's, that, that's what interested yeah in, in me it was I think I was always a bit toyed, uh, torn between the historical and the sociological so, side yeah, because yeah. there's a rich sociological history around sporting. Uh, crowds from Alan Gutman um, yeah. and others and others onwards, and I did quite a bit of research with, with a cohort of people who um, had followed cricket from, in some cases, just before the war or, or, or during the war, particularly in the 1940s and, yeah. and the 50s. So I interviewed quite a few people, and I've still got that data yeah. data store. It's a question of balancing that and, and the history, and I kept get, getting, I suppose, sidelined by, by particular interests. Within it, so I decided in the end, um, partly for family and personal reasons, to carry on with my with my interest. So I was a member of uh, your organisation for a long time. I've recently uh, rejoined because I, I realised yeah. I wasn't getting the magazines anymore. I thought, oh yes, it must be something to do about paying paying money. I've been to two or three of the confer- com- conferences uh, that, that you've had and interesting other, other events. I went a couple of years ago to a seminar in um, Oxford which was, which was very, very interesting too. So, I've kept a foot in the academic door yeah. and I greatly enjoyed the, the friendships and relationships with, 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 with academics. While I was working I, I did uh, commission a lot of research from Cambridge Institute of Criminology. So I was used to commissioning re- research and, and trying to act on it in the policies I was involved in with ministers and the, uh, and the prison service. I thought I'd probably do a bit, a bit a bit, more research, but um, it's, yeah. it's on the back burner.
0: Right, Well, it's, uh, I think it's a story that many people who have undertaken PhDs will recognise that um, it's a, it can be laborious, um, it can be fascinating, yes. you can also get s- s- slightly obsessed by certain aspects and less interested in, in others and the writing up is the hardest part I think. So.
1: It, it is, I think if, if the lockdown continues if yeah. it comes back, I've got all my stuff now in, uh, well I live partly in Leicester, partly in Evesham I've got most of my stuff in in Evesham and I might try and write a, a, a book or a short book or, 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 um, yeah. or something like that because there's a lot of work that I can resuscitate and, Dad, and draw on.
0: Who was your supervisor at De Montfort? Tony Collins. Oh right, okay. Yeah, so, one yeah. of the best. Yeah,
1: uh, yes. <laughs> he's shortlisted
0: uh, for the BSSH Book of the Year Prize this year, I think, for uh, okay, his book about the origins of, um, of uh, football yeah, around the world. Yeah, he's been shortlisted and, and won several times, I think, two or three times from memory prolific uh, Prolific (laughs) prolific uh, rugby union the the, the
1: schism between rugby union and um, that reminds me that I said earlier that the cricket society started out from a statistical base and there was there was a bit of schism there not on the rugby rugby levels (laughs) but um, there's something called the association of cricket um, statisticians and historians I think it's called which was a sort of Offshoot from 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 those times, whereas the British Society is more is more mainstream. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't if it, if it had statistics in the name. I don't think I'd be a member. I certainly wouldn't be <laughs> chair. <laughs> um,
0: and I mentioned earlier on that the Society and the BSSH are collaborating on, on an exciting new initiative, which is yes. the Howard Milton Award. Yes. Um, so for those who don't know, and I didn't, <laughs> who who is uh, who is Howard Milton?
1: Well, if you Google the name, as I did last night just to check, you, you, you get a painter and an, an executive head <laughs> chef. Chef, uh, I don't think he's either of those unless he's uh, multitasked in a way that, that, that he had not he, He's, he was um, a Ministry of Defence librarian, and he was in parallel to, to that. And until five years ago, he was the Cricket Society li- librarian. We sold off the Crown Jewels last last year mm. with two auctions. At, at nights the sports or, or auctions. But Howard was our librarian for four, 40 years. He um, is, a man of, is a man of Kent, and effectively is, a, is the Kent cricket historian and, mm. and, and statistician. He's, he's got a book out, which is uh, written with somebody else about Kent cricket grounds, which has been nominated for our Book of the Year Award for 2021. Oh, OK. So we've yeah. not had the 2020 ceremony yet, but we've already started on 2021 possibly we might merge them but I haven't seen that book but um, but he's there he was a significant figure in the Cricket Society's history and when we were looking for a name he seemed as good as any.
0: I think lots of researchers will be happy to have an award named after a librarian because they're the people who help us to get the stuff sometimes they don't but more more usually in my experience librarians are fantastic people and uh, it's a good good idea to recognize uh, yeah. their this. They do to the, the
1: spade work without getting the honors
0: yeah um and so what's the thinking behind the award sir?
1: well it's i mean from my point of view and the society's point of view it and people who, kn- who knew me when i was more active at the Monfort will probably remember this i think that there is there are unnecessary gulfs between academic sports writing and popular sports mm. sports writing um academic i can understand the reasons but you can go to to academic seminars or whatever and there's well-advertised, top speakers, and there's probably about six people around round, round, round the table. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs>
1: but a lot of good, accessible work is written. Some is more accessible than others, um, but a lot lot is accessible and I think that deserves to, to go before a wider audience. Conversely, I think there are probably a lot of people who write good, popular, if I can use that term, cricket books and other another sport, sport books, who develop of skills, their research uh, methods are probably quite sound and they don't quite get the recognition that they, that they do. So the idea of awarding, um, I think we've said to a person or persons who have made an outstanding and or unsung contribution to cricket scholarship mm-hmm. would sweep up people in both those, those camps. And I know that we've got to have a, a, a final meeting to decide on the winners in the first two years for this year and next year with the idea of um, perhaps a popular one-year and an academic uh, one-year, but I don't really like to use those phrases. No, it's, about uh, cricket, it's about cricket scholarship yeah. and cricket cricket writing. And if we can bring together more the people who write these and the, and the communities who, who, who follow them, I think we can get some very good
0: discussions going. I think uh, I'm, I'm entirely behind that sentiment. I mean, it's often a debate that's had um, on the academic side is um, about how, uh, how we can make our own writing more publicly accessible, um, while also keeping the academic respectability, I suppose. There's a, people feel, academic historians sometimes feel there's a trade-off between popularity and scholarship, whereas I I completely agree with you that there are some academics who are not great scholars, to be honest, (laughs) and I'm not going to name any names. Um, and there are popular writers who don't get the credit that they deserve for the phenomenal research that they do somebody I would pick out would be someone like Simon Wilde, whose work I used quite a lot for my own PhD when I was talking about yeah. C.B. Fry um, I wasn't going to go and research the complete life of C.B. Fry for one chapter of a PhD so I'm happy to say that I've relied on Simon Wild's scholarship for, for the nuts and bolts of that it just depends what what interpretation you put on the on the on the events that he's found out so i think it's a it's a really good award and i'm very very happy that, that you asked me to be on the panel to, to try and unearth uh, some good candidates of which there are many i think and we should be announcing the shortlist very soon as you said um, but to go back to the cricket society mm-hmm. so if people want to know more about the society where can they go
1: they can go to cricketsociety.com cricketsociety.com is our is our website um, and there's some information there. There's a members section there, so it's a good idea to become a member. It's only twenty-one pounds a year That's to be a, a member of the Cricket Society, yeah. um, and we have two journals a year, which I which I, I edit, uh, and there are eight eight bulletins which come more more frequent, frequent, become more frequently. Um, so I'm afraid you have to print a form off. We are, I hope, in the next uh, year or so, going to modernise um, our website and introduce payments on online. But yeah. for the moment, please bear bear with us. But. Um, but look look there and you and you will see. And if anyone
0: might enjoy that old school approach.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah you can it's the, it's you can write a check yeah. and post it.
0: So. Yeah. It's the equivalent of having a turntable in uh, in your Shoreditch loft, isn't it? <laughs> we do have direct
1: debits. Yeah. In standing orders. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: yeah, so I I'd definitely encourage people to go there. I mean I've been a member for yeah, like I said, six months or so. the journal's very high quality, some very good book reviews in there and good articles about cricket history. And then the bulletin um, actually contains a lot of um, news and information and writing as well. So I think you you do get a lot of value for money plus the the live events that you put on with really top sportsmen and authors.
1: Yeah, and I think partnerships, we've touched on partnerships, partnerships between organisations are are crucial to the survival and and flourishing of of organisations. When the Cricket Society was formed in 1945, it was a big. It was a big fish in a smaller pool. Now mm. it's a still a fish, but the pool is very much bigger. Um, and the collaborations, the partnerships we have with um, MCC, with Chance to Shine, we have a charitable arm, the Cricket Society um, Trust, um, which helps us raise. We help them raise funds, but that helps us as well. For example, we're, we're having a new Christmas card, mm. which uh, is, is, a, is a new uh, with an outside c- company, and the, and the trust is involved in. Mm. In, in that. I think the more partnerships that organisations have, including academic ones, it makes them less inward looking, more outward looking and more sustainable in the longer term.
0: Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to uh, to sum up the interview because it really is the, the purpose of us talking to each other and then the award that we're collaborating on and then the various events that are going on. So thanks for coming into London today. This is the first live interview I've done since before the lockdown, so it's really... Uh, it's been really enjoyable to not talk to somebody through a screen, so thanks for coming down to London. And uh, It's still not too late to participate in the BSSH's virtual conference, which takes place at the end of this month, August 2020. I think that registration is closing this week, so um, people who want to go, go along to that can register via the BSSH website at sportsinhistory.org or you can tweet us at the bssh's account to get more information from whoever's replying on there currently and if you have time some time on your hands why not flip back through previous podcasts if you're a cricket fan which include richard parry talking about south african cricket and i was actually in the pub with richard last night and he's writing a fantastic new book about um, english tours to south africa in the 20th century uh, you can also catch up with our conference keynote speaker, Prashant Kadambi, talking about Indian cricket with me, um, as well as being shortlisted for the Wolfson Prize, Prashant's book, Cricket Country has been just been shortlisted for the BSSH's prestigious Lord Aberdare Prize for Sporting Literature and indeed, as we heard, for the Cricket Society's own Book of the Year Prize. Um, but for now and for this episode, it's goodbye from both of us. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. <laughs>